Okay, church, welcome to Second Glance for this week. Uh, Pastor Brian, Pastor Chad here, and we are, uh, we're going to take another look at the text, a deeper look at the sermon. And so uh, let's jump in. Pastor Brian, you said you, you, you had some questions or some thoughts or some things came up as we were... Uh, as you were listening to the message. Yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, as we go into this message, we're talking about you know broken people coming into fellowship together. We started off, or I should say you started off, with speaking about the rich young ruler and talking about individually you know, having, having humility and doing that. And as I said there and thought, you know, we're supposed to be in the world but not of it, as the Bible says. Um, but yet that goes against everything culture tells us. Culture says it's about you, 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 get what you want, do what you want when you want to do it. So as I, as I was sitting there thinking, I'm like, how do we get people, and I was looking at this from twofold, people inside a church to live this out, but how do we convince people outside of the church to understand the importance of this term that we say, dying to self, or however you want to look at it, how do we do that? Yeah. You know, that's a difficult thing. I think in the society we live in, one of the hard parts of, of what we're seeing is a lack of commitment from people. If you look at service organizations, there's this, uh, less membership, less attendance at meetings. Um, the church in general, I'm not saying Morgansville, but the church in general has uh, less committed Christians. And I believe part of that, and we're really seeing it with the millennials out there, is mm-hmm. a value-based decision-making process. You know, our parents and, and their parents uh, made a lot of decisions based on this is what we've always done. We always went to church, so I'm going to go to church. Um, this generation now uh, has, and, and partly, you know, those who are in their 50s and, and under, um, now they make decisions on what is the most valuable thing for me. So uh, is it valuable for me to give up my Wednesday lunch to go to the Rotary Club? And if it's not valuable, I'm not going to go just because I used to or my dad did. If, if uh, Is it valuable for me to go to church? And if they don't see that kind of value then they're not going to make that commitment. And so that is the the context that we're faced with when people have to make the decision to die to self. Is there value in dying to self or is there greater value in what I desire? And so that's where that's where the picture of who God is comes in. The value of a relationship with God, the value of of knowing God, the value of um, of, of the beauty and the holiness of God, uh, that is that is the decision making factor. I, I can have this 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 beautiful, uh, amazing pearl of great price, right? And so I'm willing to go sell everything I've got uh, to to buy that pearl. I'm willing to die to self because. Um, I see a relationship with God as being the most valuable thing there is. So I think part of it is we have got to give a clear message that we're willing to die to self because of what's at stake and and, and what what there is available and and, and the great reward of, of being in a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Yeah, you, you kind of mentioned there about the church um, and, you know, with things. We know the church, what it's supposed to stand for. And, and you said, you know, the church in general. And, and some of this thought has creeped into the church as far as, you know, looking at it from your self-perspective. One of the things that I know we've discussed here, whether it be you and I or leadership or even from the stage uh, in a message, is this whole idea of, well, what does it mean to you? What, what's the danger in making the Bible revolve around me as an individual? 
Oh man, when when we do that, we have now created God in our image as opposed to being recreated into the image of Christ. Um, yeah, man, like I, I I think that personal preference and opinion has absolutely uh, ruined uh, worship. I think it has absolutely ruined um, uh, a, a steadfastness and a firmness of, of pursuing God. Because now we don't pursue God. Now we pursue what makes us feel good. Let's be honest. How many passages in the text do we find people feeling good about who they are and what they're doing? Most of the time, it's it's humiliation. It's it's being broken down. It's, it's God calling them into a great uncomfort. Not, hey, we'll sing your music. Hey... We'll adjust times to your convenience. Hey, you know, if you want to do something, do it. I mean, God is calling people to unwavering commitment, walking away from things, following him. And so in our church in North America today, um, with this kind of Burger King mentality, you know, get it your way. Um, I often wonder, are we even, you know, in, in these, these churches in North America, and I don't mean this, it is a bold statement, and, and I don't mean to be scandalous with it, but I, I wonder if most churches are even worshiping the true God, you know, or have they created this false God? Um, and, and so our pursuit is, who is God according to the text? How has he revealed us? himself to us how has he told us what his desires are how has he how has he shown us what his character is and what he wants us to do and that's what we have to pursue not what i like what i want my opinion not even even worse than that or my tradition I do it just because i've always done it yeah which once again is a complete antithesis of our culture where it's all about you uh self-gratification self-desire self it's self, 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 and we don't think of another person beyond ourselves. You know, it's, we jokingly say this, but really, the only person that truly agrees with me, the one I see in the mirror. Um, and why doesn't everyone else get it? That's where culture's at. Uh, one of the things I think when we look at this topic is, you know, from a church perspective, I believe there's a consensus amongst whatever group you want to call them. I don't want to label them. Let's just say Christians uh, that the North American church is definitely uh, has fallen away from what is important, has focused on the wrong things. Let, let's narrow in our focus to what we can speak about as our own church. What are some things, as, as the pastor, what are some things that you believe we need to do differently in order to not buy into what culture is saying, but more so live out what Scripture says when it comes to who we are in Christ? Yeah, and I think part of that is, um, part of that is discernment discerning um what is our mission you know and is what is what is the purpose of this fellowship here at at, uh, at Morgansville and and we have to find that again from the text um we have to find okay um god has has given us the the, the principles of who we are uh, through the scriptures. And so we one, we have to know them and they have to be the regulative principle for what we do what we know is right and what we know is wrong. And another thing which I've really enjoyed in the last couple of years here at Morgansville, which most folks don't see, we have a group of elders who pray and and they talk constantly. What is God doing? What do we How do we respond? Where can we find that he's done similar things in the text? Um, how can we how can we pivot and change our resources? How can we pivot and change our energy to do what God seems to be doing in this 
community. And and that's different. Honestly, you know, I get all kinds of recommendations. Somebody will go on vacation, they'll go visit a church and they'll come back and be like, oh, Pastor Chad, they, um, listen, this church does this, this, and this. And, and that's awesome. And it could be great. Um, but I think that becomes what most church leadership around us, not not within Morgansville, mm-hmm. is they see somebody successful and they just want to copy it. But they okay. don't understand that is a group of people in a different town, a different group of people. Um, and God might be doing something different in that community. And just because it's successful there doesn't mean we're going to turnkey it and it's going to work here. And is it even successful? You know, a lot of the popular things to do, I would question, are they, are they even fruitful? Right. right. Well, and that's the danger. You go to these uh, conferences and pastors eat up people like Andy Stanley, Craig Rochelle, you know, even in the day, Mark Driscoll, who now is obviously under fire. But if I just do what they do, I'll get all these people. And I I think what I'm hearing from you is know the culture you have, know the people you have, adapt to that. But there's something that never changes in that. And what is that? Yeah, what never changes is is the, the, the principles of the gospel. Yeah. Um, who the character of God never changes and his plan for redemption of humanity never changes how we convey that message the medium that we use might change like you know look 10 years ago I never thought I'd sit in front of a mic and talk about a message um, and who knows what it's going to look like in another 10 years um, but what we do know is the attributes and the character of God will not change and the gospel message will not change and we know that every human being that we encounter needs this hope because all are broken sinful creatures um yeah and and that's that's what we need to base our work and mission on getting to know god better knowing the people around us and how do we reflect the character of god you know that's that's our vision statement it's just just we want to become a community that reflects the character of god Mm-hmm. So that people are um, people are led to the truth, which is the scriptures, transformed by the Holy Spirit, and then fall in love with Jesus Christ. And that's what we want to do. Yeah, and what's great is uh, you highlighted uh, on Sunday, and I, I once again I, I don't want to miss misspeak with anything here, but I, I know one thing you said about is you know just from a cultural standpoint, we have seven different countries that can worship together on a Sunday morning. Oh, man, that is one of the coolest things in the world. So I know we've got somebody from Jamaica, somebody from Haiti, somebody from Sweden, somebody from Ghana. We've got people from Uganda, obviously people from the United States. We have a family from Mexico. Um, so it's it's at least seven right now on any given Sunday. And that's awesome. Like We are a bunch of different people, um, different contexts. Uh, but there is one thing that unifies us, and that is the need and the, the the execution of redemption by Jesus Christ in our lives. Yeah, and I think what we see here, and look, we're there are great churches out there doing their work that are reaching people we can't reach, but with the people we are reaching, I think there's two things that stand out in the context of this conversation. Is One, our people enjoy being together. Um, when you look at seven different cultures, but I look at the life groups, we're not just seven different cultures, we're multi-generational. Uh, we're rubbing shoulders. There's younger serving older, and vice versa. I think that is something that's really cool because that is that's that's practicing dying yourself. Because I may not believe in doing ministry this way, and this is not how we've always done it. But I'm willing to adapt because I see it reaching younger people. How have we seen that play out here? Yeah, I, I think it's awesome. It's it, it, it happens on um, 
personal levels and it happens on corporate levels. So the easy ones, the multi-generational ministries we can see, um, we see uh, younger folks who are serving in senior moments. Um, yes. We even have teenagers that'll come in and help be part of that ministry. Uh, we have life groups where um, there are older adults, empty nesters, those with grandkids who don't live around here, who are taking an active interest in the younger kids in their life group and taking them fishing, taking them, um, you know, taking them uh, to different activities and places to build relationship. Um, Upward is a huge ministry like that where we have got older men and and women who are speaking into the lives of the athletes, um, not just about sports, uh, but about uh, the the character and the person of God and redemption through Christ. I tell you, one of the things that I love watching our people after, it's after every activity. Um, it's after church. You know, it takes forever to lock up because y'all talk to each other, which is great. It's awesome. Um, but even, it was funny, last night we had an official board meeting. And, you know, the, the meeting lasts so long. Uh, and then almost equally as long as the fellowship afterwards. Um, I hope I'm not getting any men in trouble with their wives now that they didn't run right home. But but guys are staying in the room talking to each other because they, one, um, they like each other. And two, they care about each other. It's not a, oh, I got to hurry up and get out of here. I'm tired of being here. It's, right. man, I really enjoy being being a brother in Christ with you. And and it's not. It's. It seems to be. It's. It's administrative things. It's worship things. It's fellowship things. It's service events. Um, y'all like each other, and that makes me very happy. Yeah, and I think this this last point I would make or, or talk about, and this is something I know we've talked about several times. Uh, it keeps popping up, especially here as of late, is the desire for people to go deeper into scriptures. Um, we are seeing whether it's, you know, I popped in a youth group one week and answered some theology questions for our teens who want to know more. You know, our teens just, they want to have fun, yes, but they also, they want to know more about God's Word. And how does it apply in the context of the time they grow up in? We're having, you know, uh, other studies uh, that are happening outside or inside the church. We have this Wednesday night adult connect where we're just sitting around and having conversations about spiritual topics. I mean, I think this whole idea of self is, is you know, dying to it and, and getting away from an individual perspective to, and, and as, you know, as we gradually move through this series this month, we'll move towards this, is, is others focus, but this desire to know scripture and to study it together. Yeah, man, that kind of circles the whole way back to where we started. Like, how, what is it? Why would somebody from the outside look at us and, why would they want to die to self too? Why, why do people who call this their home and that's seeing that value in God. And there really is only one place to find that. And that is in the scriptures. Uh, you mentioned what's going on Wednesdays. Um, there's a group of leaders that gets, there are so many unpublished Bible study and fellowship groups. Um, you and I don't even have a handle on all of them that, no. that God has done, which which means it's what God is doing. It's organic. It's right. it's Holy Spirit driven. It's 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 grassroots. It's not. Um, we sat in a meeting and said, "How do we get more Bible studies?" All of a sudden, people <laughs> were like, "Yeah, yeah, we've been meeting for a couple of years every Monday night and digging through the Bible." And yep. oh, the men do it one night, women do it another night, or these, you know, they're they're like four different women's Bible studies throughout the church. Um, it's awesome. It's awesome, but. There is this real Berean spirit um, mm-hmm. right now where people want to go deeper in the word. They're asking questions and they seem to be drawn to Morgansville because our premise is not what is the historical doctrine of who we are. It's not 
what are our traditions? It is simply every question seems to be framed with this answer. What does the text say? And we're hearing back from people going, that's what we want to find and what we want to do. And that's because they see the value in who God is. And and, and the word is where we get that from. So, gang, that's uh, that's why we're taking a second glance at the text. Um, you know, if you got questions, send them to Pastor Brian or myself. We we um, we love you guys. We love talking with you. We love answering your questions. We love telling you who God is and what we found, and we like hearing from you on what God's doing in your life. So please share that with us. Um, you know, lots of stuff coming up. Uh, Brian, you want to give any plugs for anything? Big one. We have Light the Night, our annual Halloween. Uh alternative outreach uh, that we do during trick-or-treat time. So that'll be taking place here 5.30 to 8.30 on October the 31st. There's going to be inflatables, games, food, giveaways. Uh, it's going to be a great night. It's something for the whole family. Um, so if you're part of our church, be here to help. And if you're listening, come show up, uh, get to know us a little bit, and uh, experience that here as we have late the night. Um, and the, the other thing I think that's coming up, we have a busy weekend uh, October 22nd and 23rd. The 22nd is the men's ministry is hosting a chili cook-off. It's for everybody. Come out at 5, 5 p.m., I believe. Uh, might be 5.30. Now I'm confused. <laughs> if you come at 5, you won't be late. Yeah, you won't be late. But anyways, we're going to have uh, multiple chilies. You get to sample them. You get to vote on who you think is the best. It'll be a winner. Pastor Chad. But all proceeds will go back to our benevolence fund uh, here to help people out. So that's pretty cool. Our men's ministry is doing that. But... Because we love spending time together, on the 23rd following church, we'll be, uh, we're going to supply pork barbecue from Rolling Smoke and uh, Meat and Sweets. And then we're also going to have cornhole after that. So just a chance to hang out and connect. All right. Well, I'm, Pastor Brian, I got one last plug to ask you to talk about. And I'm going to say, can we do it in like maybe, if we do it in like a minute and a half, we can stay under a 20 minute podcast. Okay. Uh, uh, November, give us a try for a month. What are we asking people to do? Man. <sighs> One of the things they've always said is if you just ask people, they'll usually show up to church. So we want to ask you to come out and be part of our fellowship for one month, starting the very first Sunday of November. Uh, I believe that's November the 6th. And stay throughout that month and and just give us a try. See what we're about. Uh, Maybe even come on a Wednesday night and let your kids be involved or your youth on a Sunday night. But we just want you to try us out and see what it's about. A lot of times people come one time and they don't come back. We just ask, we're asking for one month. All right, we're not even asking for every Sunday. Maybe you make three out of four, but but just come out and see what Mogginsville Church is all about. You've heard a little bit in this this podcast today um, and it's some of the things we're doing, but come experience it firsthand um, and, and see what, what we're doing here. Awesome. Thanks, brother. All right, we'll see you guys. We'll see you Sunday.